And uh, we're going to look at one verse, verse number 18. Peter writes, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Father, we pray that You'll bless the message and speak to our hearts once again for the next few moments. Uh, may You guide my heart and my thoughts. Help us to rightly divide Your Word and to uh, provide things uh, from it, nuggets of truth that will uh, strengthen us and encourage us. In some ways, perhaps even bring correction to some areas of our lives. I pray that You would help us to uh, glean from it the things that Your Holy Spirit would want us to and to put into practice the things in our life. Guide and direct our steps, we pray, as we look into Your Word. Uh, bring illumination and understanding to it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the great truths of Scripture is that you and I, as God's children, are to be growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Years ago, when I was a, a teenager, uh, back in the Stone Age, they were just coming out with uh, home computers, and uh, my son and kids can't fathom that. Uh, you know, they they didn't realize that back then telephones were still connected to your house uh, by a cable. They weren't even cordless and wireless back then. You had a cord you stretched about 20 feet into the living room, and it got all those knots in them. You know, and uh, some of you can remember the old uh, you know handheld earpiece even in the. Uh, not going to say who, but. Uh, uh, I remember when uh, these uh, computers first came out, these home computers, you could put them in a little box and have a little screen there and stuff. They had these these little games, that little ping-pong paddle that would bounce a ball back and forth. And I remember they came out with one that was called um, uh, Lunar, Lunar Lander was the name of the game. And it was a little dot on the screen that was supposed to be a spaceship. And uh, there was a little platform up here at the top of the screen. And the idea was you had to push the button and guide the, the, the rocket over, and it had thrust coming out of it. And uh, you'd try to get it over there, and then you'd try to let it come down and sit on that little thing. If you could do that, you won the game. It's a little simple game. And um, it was interesting because, you know, in a car, uh, when you're accelerating, you push on the gas, and you hold it there, and you can hold it and have a steady pace and a steady speed. And then later on, years later, they came out with uh, cruise control, and it holds your speed steady. But in this game, this, this lunar lander game, uh, you had one of two things. You either were going forward or you were going down. And it had thrust. You were either on or off. That was it. The only two things. And uh, as I began to think about the message this afternoon and the idea of us growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth is a lot of us get this mindset sometimes that uh, we can get to a level in the Christian life and then we can just kind of put it on cruise control and stay there. But the truth of the matter is, if we're not moving forward in the Christian life, we are falling back in the Christian life. As Peter gives a challenge here and a charge, he tells, uh, tells us that we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we quote this scripture often. Many people know this scripture. But oftentimes, we don't take the time to see the warning that he gives in verse number 17. I want us to look at that very quickly. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace, and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter states this principle clearly in Scripture for you and I to see. And that is this, that we are either growing or we are falling away from. 
There is no middle ground. There is no status quo. There is no middle of the road. We are to either be growing in the Christian life or we are falling backwards in the Christian life. And I believe this, and I've watched it in my life, I've been there in my life, and I've seen it in the lives of others too. In growing up in a pastor's home, you get to a certain place in ministry, you've gone there for so many years, you've read the Bible so many times, and you've read Scripture so much, that you kind of feel like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to live in my Christian life. But the truth is, we're supposed to be pressing toward a mark. All the time. We're to be growing and advancing and, and striving together for the faith of the gospel. Uh, nowhere in Scripture does God tell the disciples to eat, drink, and take their ease. He's constantly saying, go, go, labor, work, um, be diligent, be faithful, be committing things to people, uh, telling others about Christ. And, and there's always the, the charge and the challenge for us as God's people uh, to be growing and going and doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ, not to remain stagnant. And so I want to give a couple of things today from the Word of God uh, regarding this growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give us three areas um, of our life and, and things that will affect our heart for the Lord, our love for the Lord, our service for the Lord. Uh, I want us to look at several things that uh, the Bible teaches we ought to be growing in. And if we're not growing in them, then we are falling back in them. We're not just maintaining. Um, I know a lot of times I've had people say, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I remember back when the church used to do this and I was involved and uh, I, I drove a bus or I taught a Sunday school or I played the piano or I sang in the choir. And, and they rest on what they used to do. And there's no more striving. Uh, can I tell you this? The work is so great. And the results of that work are so important that there ought to be a striving until we draw our last breath. You say, well, I'm getting up in years. I just don't have the strength and I just don't have the energy anymore. I could give you story after story of people who do not have the strength and do not have the stamina and they are physically disabled that do everything in their power to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with everyone they come in contact with. And I would say this, if they can do it, so can you and I. There is to be a striving, a growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in three areas of our lives. I will say there are probably many more than that, but I know for sure the Bible teaches of at least these three. And so let's look at them this afternoon and hopefully be a help to us. Look first of all in Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. And let's look in verse number 19. Ephesians chapter number 3. And verse number 19. I'm going to start in verse 14 so we get the context of it. We'll read down through uh, probably verse number... Well, we'll go down through the end of the chapter. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's getting ready to tell them what he prays for for them. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, I want you to notice this, which passeth, all, uh, which passeth knowledge that he might be fulfilled, or they might be filled with all the fullness 
of God. And in verse 19, Paul's speaking of the fact that our love for the Lord ought to be one of those areas of our life that is growing day by day. I've said often before, my uncle told me years ago, uh, that one of the things he tries to tell my aunt quite often is that he loves her more today than he did yesterday, but not as much as he'll love her tomorrow. And by that, what he means is, I will have more capacity and more desire to love you tomorrow than I did today. And that that love was going to grow during the years. Now, I will say this, when it comes for our love one for another, uh, sometimes that does not hold true. But it ought to hold true with our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 19, as he says, "...to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge." If his, if his love is beyond our knowledge, our comprehension, then we ought to strive to love Him with every fiber of our being, to get to know that love of His day by day. And can I tell you this? He reveals more of it each and every day, doesn't He? I mean, there's, there's very few times that we lay our head in bed at night realizing that God had to really love me today because of what I did. His love is, is past knowledge. And that we might be filled with all the, notice this, the fullness of God. That this growth of our love for Him because He loves us. It ought to be the motivating factor. In fact, I preach quite often this, and I firmly believe the Bible teaches this. That our motivation in every area of the Christian life, whether it be the way we live, our testimony, whether it be the way we serve in our labor, every aspect of our life, the motivating factor ought to be our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our standards ought to stem from a heart that loves Him and wants to please Him. Our actions and our our testimony around others, our speech and our thoughts, ought to be the result of a heart that loves Him with all of our heart and desires to please Him. Our labor in serving Him and sharing the gospel with others and meeting the needs of others ought to stem from a heart of love for Him. And it ought to be growing day by day. It ought to be, we, we enlarge the capacity that we have to love Him the more that we get to know Him. Look with me, if you will, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 14. Paul said this, and this is where I get uh, quite often go back to as uh, the verse that I believe teaches very strongly that all of our motivation in the Christian life should stem for our love for Him. Because Paul said in verse number 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. When we consider the love that God has for us, it ought to constrain us. There ought to be such a reciprocal love for what He has done for us that we can do nothing more than seek to please Him with our lives. When it comes to growing the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the the knowledge that we need to grow in is the knowledge of His love for us that will in turn impact our love for Him. It will cause us to grow closer to Him day by day and to love Him more and more. The second area that I think that we ought to grow in, that the Bible, I think, very clearly teaches, let's turn to Romans chapter number 8, is that we need to grow in His likeness. We need to grow in His likeness. You know one of the greatest uh, displays of love for something is our imitation of it? Let me illustrate that. 
Years ago, we had a fellow in our church on staff. His name was Wendell Reynolds, a dear friend of mine. And uh, he was on the, the maintenance staff at the church. And because of that, he had a lot of keys that he carried with him. And uh, he, he always carried them on the outside of his pants. He couldn't fit them in his pocket on a, on a hook that hooked on his belt here. And had a big old roll of keys there. And he'd walk through the house. And you could always tell when Brother Wendell was coming down the hall, you'd hear him before you'd see him. And his keys would jingle and everything. He had two boys, uh, Tim and Matt. And uh, I remember when Tim was a little little boy. I mean, he was probably, uh, I don't know, maybe six, six, seven, eight years old, toddling along with his dad. And he often went to work with his dad. And, uh, and just, I mean, just like a puppy on the heels of his dad all the time. And I remember coming to church one night. And uh, little Tim's got, uh, I think he's about six years old at the time. He's got a hook on his belt. And he's got four or five keys. And I, I asked him, I said, Tim, what are those? He said, those are, those are my keys. And I said, well, what do they go to? He said, well, they don't really go to anything, Brother Greg. Uh, my dad just gave them to me. They were old keys that he had. And I thought, you know, that's a display of the love that Tim had for his dad. He saw his dad and he loved him so much he thought, I want to be like him. And so he imitated him. You know, one of the greatest displays of our love for the Lord Jesus Christ is our desire to imitate him. To be in his likeness. To follow after his Example. In fact, the Bible goes on to say that, doesn't it? That if we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. We'll want to be like Him. It's one of the great, great displays of our love for Him. Romans chapter 8, look in verse number 28. Paul writes this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that what? Love God to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The only predestination the Bible speaks of is not a predestination to salvation, but a predestination to be conformed to the image of his Son. For all those that have trusted him as their Savior, his will, his desire, his predestinated uh, knowledge of this is that you and I be conformed to the image of His Son. To imitate it. To be the pattern of. To be the shadow of His pattern. To follow after His example. Look with me, if you will, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. And uh, let's look in verse number... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse, 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse, no, 12 and verse number 9. Excuse me. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse number 9. Notice what he, Paul says here again. To another... The working of miracles to an, oh, I'm sorry, First Corinthians, I'm going to get Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, chapter 12, and verse number 9, let me get to the right page here. There we go. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That ought to be the desire of our hearts. That the power of Christ would rest upon us. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Back just a few pages. And verse number 12. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world more abundantly to you were. The idea that we are to emulate Christ, our lifestyle, 
our conversation in, in our uh, manner of life ought to be that which is becoming of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It ought to be patterned after. He says here, but by the grace of God, we've had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. Trying to have godly sincerity to them. To follow the example that the Lord Jesus Christ gave in His example to us. Look with me in Matthew chapter number 26. Matthew chapter number 26. And uh, let's look in verse number 73. Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 73. And after a while came unto him that stood by him and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, notice this phrase, for thy speech bereath thee. What were they saying? Peter, you're one of Christ's disciples because there's something different about you. Your speech indicates that you're one of his. There is something familiar about the way you talk that reminds us of the Lord Jesus Christ. One more passage. Let's look in Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. And verse number 13. Acts chapter 4. And verse number 13. I can get there. Pages, there we go. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had what? Been with Jesus. Why? What do you think told them that they had been with Jesus? Well, they saw their boldness. They heard the words that they were saying and realized that these unlearned and ignorant men were speaking something that seemed familiar to them. They seemed to be speaking the same things that the Lord Jesus Christ spake. When we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, first of all, we must grow in our love for Him. And that love ought to constrain us to grow in His likeness. To grow in His likeness. To be as much like the Lord Jesus Christ as we possibly can. It's amazing to me how uh, after a number of years, and some of you can relate to this, some of you have known people like this, People begin to act like one another, especially if they are close to them. I look at a lot of elderly couples, husbands and wives. It's amazing because some of them, not only do they have the same mannerisms and the same, uh, the same way that they speak, but a lot of them even begin to look a lot like each other towards the end of their life, don't they? And uh, it's amazing to me because of the time that is spent with them, they took note of these disciples that they had been with Jesus. How do we grow in His likeness? We have to spend time with Him. We have to be in His presence. I love that, that little illustration I gave you of Brother Wendell and Tim. I never forget that. And I think, boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could come to God's Word and find out the things that are, that are particular to the Lord Jesus Christ. Things that people look at the Lord Jesus Christ and say, that's only something Christ would do. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I could do those two, and people to look at us and say, well, it's obvious. They've been in His Word. They've been around Him. They've spent time in His presence, in prayer and in His Word. That we would be able to be uh, growing in His likeness day by day. 
I'll tell you, I, I want to be more like Him. Uh, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to be spending all of our time praising Him for who He is and for all the things that He's done. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to get as close to that as I possibly can, even on this side of heaven. I hope that every day with Jesus, we're growing in our likeness to Him. We're becoming more like Him. When we come to Scripture, I've said it so often before, we ought to look for God in the Scriptures. What does it tell us about Him? What do we learn about Him? And then let's try to do the same thing. Let's try to be like Him. When Philippians chapter 2 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant, then we learn that Christ was humble. And we ought to say, boy, I want to be just like that. Even though I may have reason to glory, like Paul said, he said, if any man in the flesh had reason to glory, I do. He said, I count it all but loss. Why? Because he wanted to be like Christ. He said, that I may win Christ. He said, I count them but dumb that I may win Christ. We need to be growing in His likeness day by day. I think one of the biggest reasons this world has lost its sensitivity to the message of the cross is because of Christians who have ceased to grow in His likeness. And the world looks at Christians and says, I don't really see a difference. Oh, that we would learn to grow in His likeness. Let's look in 1 Peter chapter 3. And the third thing I think that we ought to grow in 1 Peter chapter 3. We were in 2 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 for a moment. Verse number 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always. How often should we be ready? Always. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I think the third area we need to grow in our grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives that ought to affect our lives is in this area of service, service to Him, our labor for Him. I hope that by the end of my life, my heart's desire is to do more for Him than it was when I began my ministry, when I began as a Christian. I, I mean, I remember having a desire to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. I would hope that by the end of my life, that desire is so much stronger than it was back then. But you know what I've found over the years? That the longer we're saved, the longer we serve the Lord, it seems like the opposite happens, doesn't it? We're not as excited about serving Him. I remember the day I got saved. I, I, can, I can visualize it like it was yesterday. One of, the, one of the most amazing days of my life. It, to me, it was a huge, huge relief. I mean, I'd been under conviction for so long, and such a weight that was lifted that day. And I remember in seventh grade, I remember uh, uh, going out to the playground. And I mean, I started telling every, every one of my friends, man, I got saved. I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I remember a friend of mine, uh, his name was Eric, and I cornered him. And I don't know if he even got saved or not, but I put him up against the tree and I said, are you saved? And we went through the plan of salvation and we knelt there and Eric prayed a prayer. And I think later on he got saved in, in chapel. I don't know if he actually got saved that day or not. 
But that was the zeal I had. I wanted to tell others about him. I, I remember each day they would call on a different student. Uh, one, of the, one of the boys in the class to give the devotion before school started in homeroom. And each day they had a different guy in the class do it. And I remember the day after I got uh, saved, in fact, that afternoon I asked my homeroom teacher, I said, can I give the devotion tomorrow? It used to be the thing that the boys dreaded. is like, oh, i got to do it tomorrow. And, and I, I'll be honest, I felt that way. But when I got saved, I, I wanted to. I wanted to give a devotion to the, the class the next day. And the next day, I asked her again. I said, can I do it again? And for like a week, I gave the devotion. And finally, she said, we've got to let other guys do it too. The sad thing is, as I have gone through my life, I think sometimes that joy and that excitement in serving the Lord has dwindled. If we're not careful, we'll find that growth not growing. And because it's not growing, we're not staying there. We're actually falling back on it. Oh, that we would learn to grow in our service for the Lord. That we would have the joy that we once had. I was so excited about what God had done for me. That I just wanted everybody to know. I mean, I couldn't help it. I don't know that I wake up every morning with that same desire every day. It ought to be. It ought to be our heart's desire to serve and labor for the Master. Oh, the great things that God has done for us to save us from our sin. The wonderful story of the Gospel that somebody shared with us. And we wonder why we're not reaching the world with the Gospel. Why we seem to be going backwards. Why we seem to be losing the war. The battle. We began to realize that there are more people lost in this world that die every day. We have certainly not reached everyone. I wonder what would happen. I'm not saying that we need to go from not being interested in serving God to being the world's greatest evangelism by tomorrow afternoon. But I would say this. Could we not grow in that area a little bit every day? Tomorrow when we wake up, could we not have a little greater desire to share the Gospel with someone? And on Tuesday when we wake up, could we not wake up and say a little bit more? I, I I want to... I want to see someone know Christ. I know it's their decision, but I want, to be, I want to be able to be used to share that with them. Lord, give me that opportunity. And then on Wednesday, we wake up and, and a little bit more, we have a desire. Paul, instructing Timothy, he told Timothy, he said, you need to stir up the gift that is in you. Why? Because... It had grown cold. The embers had had darkened. And in our Christian life, and I believe one of the reasons we don't see great sweeping revival in the day that we live like there was in years gone by, is we have failed to grow. We're content with where we are. My son Jonathan, I don't know what's 
happened to him. I don't know if he got a big healthy dose of miracle Grow or what, but the last three or four months, he has shot up. He's, he's a big boy, and he, uh, he's almost as big as me. I keep telling him I can whoop him, but I'm, one of these days I'm going to have to quit lying to him. And uh, I, I really could still take him, I think. I think. But, uh, you know, he's grown a lot. He's going to reach a point where he's going to stop growing. He's going to be that way the rest of his life. And I say all that to say this, that ought not be so in our Christian life. We shouldn't just grow to a certain point and then stop. But every day, we ought to grow closer to Him. In our love for Him, in our likeness to Him, and in our service for Him. We need to grow each and every day. Mark sixteen fifteen, very familiar passage. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. That's a big task. We seem to have lost that desire in the day that we live. Not a lot of guys out here doing it. I, I, uh, I don't know if you all have noticed, there's a fellow that recently, just in the last few weeks, pretty sharp looking guy, wears a suit coat and a tie, standing out at the corner of uh, the light there at Walmart, and he's preaching to traffic as it goes by. I'm not quite sure that that's the best use of ministry to street preach in an area where cars are going by. I think foot traffic would be a better way. I don't know that he's accomplishing a whole lot, but I will say this, and a lot of people can be critical of him. He at least has a desire. And before we say a word critically about him, maybe we need to look at our hearts. Could he be a little wiser in choosing a spot to preach? Probably so. But I cannot fault his desire to serve his Lord. Mark, Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1, Paul was instructing young Timothy. If you'll turn with me there, let's read those together. Second Timothy chapter number 2. Verse number 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The commission that Paul gives to Timothy is to take the things that have been instilled in you, the things from God's Word that has been taught to you and given to your heart, and you take those things and go find someone else that's a faithful person. And you instill those things in their life. As Paul had given and instructed Timothy in the things of the Lord, Timothy was to take those things and instruct someone else to them. Peter says, but grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. You and I are to grow in our, in our lives, in our love for the Lord, in our likeness to Him, and in our service for Him. You say, Pastor, there's other things we could grow in. Well, I, I would not argue with you. I, I will not say this is an exhaustive list. Can I say this? I think these are three of the most needful. 
And I really think until we do these three, we're going to fail in any other area to grow. Uh, I, I long for the day, I long for the day that uh, the joy, the excitement, the exuberance is way beyond anything I have ever experienced in my life. I think it can be done. I think we can grow to such a point that we experience the blessing of loving and living for the Lord and serving the Lord more than we ever have. I was talking with someone just the other day, and I've had so much... I hate to call the word fun, because it's not fun. It's the joy of ministry in the last four or five years of my life. And it's been a sweet time. I'm not saying the ministry is not without its battles and without its heartaches. But, oh, it's been sweet. And there have been some ups and downs. There's been some mountaintops and some valleys. But I want my heart to long for the Lord more every single day. I want to be more like Him every single day. I really want to serve Him more every single day. I want, to, I want to encourage us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and not just look at it as a general statement, but to point these three areas of our life and say those are the areas for sure that I want to grow in. My love for the Lord, my life for the Lord, and my service for the Lord. Let's stand together, shall we? We dismiss in prayer. Father, I pray that You'd help us to learn from Peter these, these truths. And Paul that did some of the teaching that we looked at today. Matthew in quoting you on some things. Father, may we learn in these areas of our lives to, to grow. Not to, not to fall back as Peter.